Welcome again to another episode of The Ryan Show. I am here at French Truck Coffee located on Magazine Street between Washington and Louisiana. And I am joined by my friend Mark Bologna. Bologna, uh, Bologna. Bologna you got it. How are uh, you, Bologna, Ryan? Yeah, Mark Bologna, who hosts a show called Beyond Bourbon Street, which is another podcast. It's another podcast that's in the New Orleans area. And we're today, we're on parade. Today is Parade Eve. That's right. Parade Eve. And the story to understand where we, how we got here is to understand how February, how Mardi Gras 2020 was. And how it just felt so old because we had the Hard Rock collapse. Yeah. And this LSU had just won the national championship everything and then we have Mardi Gras and um, I want to first thank you one thank you for coming on the podcast yeah the second thing is when did you feel that the vibes were off during Mardi Gras 2020 you know I think leading into it it's hard to to, it's hard to believe it's been two years but leading into it COVID was not quite a thing, but almost. So there was just starting to be a little bit of buzz about that, which felt off a little bit. Uh, and then for me, you had you had the incident with the with the parade running over someone. Yeah. And that really just threw obviously a tragic situation uh, that hadn't happened in several years, and that just really threw things off for me, um, as I think for most people. But uh, and again, in the backdrop, you had just the beginnings of the news about COVID. You know, if Mardi Gras had been later that year, maybe we wouldn't have had Mardi Gras that year. But it felt just a little off for me right right then. I didn't. Someone in my uh, someone who lived in my complex told me about COVID, and I was like, dude, I don't like. Here's the thing: I don't read newspapers. I don't watch the TV, news TV. I don't watch TV news. I don't read the newspapers. I definitely don't listen to talk radio because I think talk radio, especially from WWL, is garbage. So telling me something like this is like, okay, unless if it hits here, that's when I care. Until then, I don't care. And um, I think the thing that threw me off, there was a photo of myself with... uh, a few friends of mine, we were in front of the Burger King on St. Charles mm-hmm. the night that, the, on next Wednesday, because we were all celebrating, just waiting for my Aunt Mandy and her float to come by, because, you know, she was in it, Julie was in it, Julie Correct was in it. Yep. And we were, about five minutes after the photo was taken, was when we found out that there was a, a, a tragedy uh, at Valence and Magazine, which is not far from where I was there. And I wonder if I was on that side uh, for King Arthur, King Arthur Carrollton Sunday. And when in, uh, in Tuck Saturday, I went to Endymion, and a guy named Alan Keller, Alan Keller, they had a tailgate in the 3200 block of Canal. They had it, no, they had it at South Broad and Canal. Mm-hmm. And I went over there to see them. And for some reason, 
I didn't stay. I, I went, I tried to find him, and I packed up, got on my bike, went back to my house. And then that's when I learned that somebody died at Endymion. And it just like, that whole period, it just felt so weird. Yeah. And like Mardi Gras Day, I just didn't feel, I felt, I, I was excited, but I really, I was just like, there's no way in the world this is, this feels, this feels right. Yeah, Mardi Gras felt more like you, a relief. Because you still had the, you still had the bodies in the, in the Hard Rock, in the Hard right. Rock Hotel. You still had the bodies in the Hard Rock Hotel. You still had all of this stuff happening. And... Yeah, and you had parades just a couple blocks from Hard Rock. Yes. You know, and all these people out in the streets partying and having a good time. Just that right messes there. up the spirit. That messes up the juju because if they had gotten down that building and got those bodies out, before the parades, um, things probably would have been different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because you don't mess with bad juju like that. Just ask Eli Apple. <laughs> just ask Eli Apple. Like, just ask Eli Apple. I mean, you don't mess with New Orleans booty. Like, you no. don't mess with it. And um, I remember the very that very day, I was like, man. This feels so awful. Then, two weeks afterwards was when the shit hit the fan. And when, when they, when you know, when we get to Mardi Gras 2021, we first got to start and discuss Nick's uh, with Nick's. Yeah. Um. How did this happen in so horribly for Nick's? From your opinion, you know. I, so I guess we should set the stage a little bit. I think what we know is that there was a lot of debate about dues and how things were paid and the the captain of the crew um, allegedly anyway taking payments for things like parking to load the floats, insisting that they buy the, the harnesses from a company owned by her husband. She posted a sort of all lives matter uh, post on social media in, in the midst of Black Lives Matter and then she kind of doubled down and refused to apologize over it and so all that other stuff I mentioned came out afterwards but that was really the start of it you know and it's it's hard to believe like as you, as you mentioned 2020 and thinking back all these things kind of came crashing together she was really just so out of touch with we live in a city that's majority minority. We live in a very diverse city, and yet you have this person making this statement that is racist, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and then it turns out that there was all this stuff about em potentially embezzling money, and so as bad as it was on one hand, it then got even worse, and it just completely fractured, which I, what I think was the largest all-female crew and yeah, one of the like largest, the largest crews and, and then they say that they had took like the the riders list from muses they had did like a lot of like heinous things and they they even the night that the um the night that the uh what was that the um the stuff that happened they were like there were people there were stories that a lot of those people a lot of those women had to walk back yes to where they had the floats at the, and you know that the floats 
are right there by the convention center. Right, right and where this accident happened was pretty early on the route. Yeah, it was really early on the route because they led, they started off from, uh, what was that? Jefferson, Jefferson and, and, and Magazine, I think. Je- Jefferson and Choctaw. So they went from Jefferson and Choctaw. Mm-hmm. You get you go up and make that turn at, at magazine. Right. You're maybe a half a mile away. And when that happened, when they when the story was told to me, Ed Brandon told me that they literally had to walk two miles in heels and everything. And these women are intoxicated. We're not talking about even even it, it's not like us guys. Like we guys don't have to worry about anything like that. Like we don't have to worry about Oh, somebody's gonna run up on us and take advantage of us with us being intoxicated. These women literally had to walk all the way back to the convention center parking lot, and also, uh, what was that? They are, some of the people had to throw their throws over the gate. They had to like jump gates right. to get into the parking lot. Right, where their cars were. Where their cars were, and I'm like, that right there alone should have started the exodus. Yeah, and, and you know, and very quickly, in a matter of days, you had people complaining from within the organization. And you think about Mardi Gras and people that are in organizations, they pay a lot of money, you know. Um, and I don't want to make light of the, of the tragedy of the, of the death of the person that was run over, but you also have these people pay a lot of money, they spend a lot of time mm-hmm. and a lot of energy, and this is, for many people, a real highlight to ride in a carnival organization. And so then this stuff starts to come out that it wasn't such a great organization, you know, and I feel really bad for the people in it that, you know, paying their hard-earned money and participating, and they did some civic things, like a lot of Mardi Gras organizations, and so... You had this community that just got shattered overnight. Uh, it know. was like a big, big. It was like this. It was like this huge, just huge exodus. Yes. Uh, I have uh, an, a, another person like my who's like my aunt, uh, Miss Margaret. She lived on third uh, on third street between Saratoga and Danil. She took down her she took down her big stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was a like a black a black lady, you know. My aunt Mandy, they still owe her money. Yeah, they still owe her money. Um, Julie Correct, she's in yeah. Cleopatra. Right. And people don't realize how the the time and the thought process it takes in to doing something like that, being part of a crew. You have dues. You have to get your own throws. You have to pay for the harness. You got to do a lot of things. It takes a, it's a lot. It's more than just, oh, I'm paying for this spot to ride. Right. Or paying for this spot to be part of it. And in a crew like that, too, where they have a signature throw, right? So they're decorating Yeah, purse, they got to create their purses. So you got to deal with the purses. Uh, you got to deal with glitter and you get, like, your materials. You're spending your, a lot of time in yes. addition to that night. Preparing. Yes, and that's... By and large, it's like what maybe eighteen hundred bet. What you're spending? What eight nine hundred dollars? Easily, I would think. Easily, yeah. You know, it's not like with Jonah Walk. What I'm in, Jonah Walk. We were like, I think our dues. We pay like hundred and eighty to be a member. Okay. I think we pay hundred and eighty to be a member. I chose to do the foot the, like the foot patrol thing. It's a volunteer thing. Um, but 
when we do our pre-parade party, I pay maybe $40, and we have it at the Bourbon Orleans. Uh, but that being said, it's a lot. It takes a lot. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to uh, that goes into uh, being part of, of of a crew. And she just ruined it just by being selfish and evil. Well, and the more that came out, you know, I think that people were trying, in the organization, were trying to sort of raise awareness and, and get things to change. They weren't trying to blow it up originally, you know, and I think it was met, at least from what we were allowed to see from the outside, it was just met with resistance after resistance. Um, you know, I think they had asked for some changes on the board and just some more inclusion, inclusivity, and all that was just kind of pushed aside and it very quickly became, this seems to be about one person. And in my opinion, most carnival organizations, even if they have strong captains, it tends to be about the community. And all of a sudden what we saw was what members of Nick's thought was a community very quickly disintegrated. You know, and we have no idea how many people came out, you know, or fell out of the crew and went to other places. You mentioned Julie going to Cleopatra. I'm sure lots of women did that. And we're going to see as we jump, when we get to talking about this year, you know, that organization is just going to be a shell of what it was. I mean, one of the things I saw was, like, they had, like, 240, you got 240 uh, riders. And... Can you actually have, like, I mean, is it possible to have a solid parade with 240 riders? No, and not meet the minimum requirements for the number of floats. So I think what you're going to see, and again, we're jumping forward, but I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the minimum number of floats, but you're going to see those floats not full. So, you know, one of the suppositions that I've heard about Nick's is that you're going to see only riders on the top of the floats. So and normally you have riders on both levels. Two levels, and packed, you know, pretty tight. Uh, you know, on a big float, there could be a dozen or two dozen, maybe more people on one side of one level of a float. So I think you're going to see it very sparsely populated. Um, you know, I don't know how much you want to get into that now or wait until we get I, I, to 2022. You know, I think, I think, I think, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get into that in a yeah. couple of minutes. But no, it, it's just like she just ruined it. It, it was just like... Now you're relying on out-of-towners instead of locals. Like, you're not relying on locals because this is supposed to be part of the community. Like, uh, you know, this is the biggest free show in the world. And this is community. It creates community. And when you take something and you destroy it because of your own selfishness, um... You gotta have to like look in the mirror at yourself. Sure. So let's talk about Mardi Gras 2021, the the year with no parades. What did you do that day? Because I went to to Caden uh, Dave's. I went to see the house floats. It was right. cold as hell. It was cold. It was cold, and I, I was telling someone, I thank God it was cold. I'm glad it wasn't a warm day, a beautiful day, where. Um, you had the sun beaming and people out and about because I think it would have made it a whole lot worse for us yeah. in terms of our psyche as a city. So I was born and raised in the city and I lived away for 15 years, but in all those years I missed Mardi Gras once. So I'm 51 
and I think I've missed Mardi Gras twice before 2020. And that year, uh, I was excited about the house floats. I think that that's a really neat tradition. That it's kept up this year, and I think that's that's awesome. But we elected to go out of town for the first time ever because I just couldn't deal with being in the city knowing there wasn't Mardi Gras. And I was a kid with the police strike in 1978, and I remember going out to Chalmette or going out to Metairie to parades. And certainly I remember it being different, but I was young. But I just didn't think I could handle waking up on a Mardi Gras morning and having no parades. So we left town. We took the... I have two young kids, I have twins. We took the kids and we went to Florida for a couple of days just to get away um, because I just couldn't handle it. I was damn near depressed. I was so depressed. I, I told you before we recorded, I called Fredo. I said, Fredo, I don't even want to go out there. I, I was just so hurt. And I was so hurt. And I just was looking for somebody, just looking for some, something to blame. And I said, Imagine if the government had just took this seriously. Imagine if we had a vaccine. Imagine all of these things. We wouldn't be discussing this right now. We wouldn't be. We would be. We would have been parading. On, on, we would have been parading. I know we would have froze our asses off. It was cold. We would have been. We would have all been celebrating. And I will never forget. I will never forget, someone has said something to me and saying, uh, they were like saying this stuff about New Orleans and saying we shouldn't have had Mardi Gras. We're the blame people. We're the people to, to blame. And this was in 2020, the t Mardi Gras 2020. I say, here's how you guys do this. You love our culture. You love our food. You love our music. Guess what? When we're suffering, you guys, when we are suffering, you guys turn y'all turn the other way. And you guys want to blame all of us? You want to blame this city? Well, okay, let's blame the, let's blame uh, Daytona Beach for having the, the, the Daytona 500. Let's blame Chicago for having the All-Star. Let's blame St. Louis for having the all NHL All-Star. Let's blame all of those people. Oh, no, no, you, it's easy to jump on some New Orleans. And I, and I literally, and I left it at that because I cussed a couple of people out about that. Because... I told someone, I didn't grow up here, but I will fight and defend this city like I grew up on Ferret and Washington and Ben Franklin. <laughs> That's how pissed I was. Well, and I think you, you kind of bring up something in passing that we should discuss, and that's the, the way the mayor handled it. And I will say that I'm not a fan of a lot of the things this mayor has done, but I think she got both of those Mardi Gras right. Yes. I think she handled what, she, what we knew at the time in 2020, I think... She handled it appropriately. Now, I, I think you could take issue with the whole hard rock thing, rightfully so. But in terms of COVID, I think based on what we knew, she made the right decision. Right, because it's like, it's like, how, how am I going to, it's sort of like, people got mad at traces. And I say, how are you going to tell people at traces how to run their shit? You get what I'm saying? Because how am I, if I don't, if I know about something and you don't, I'm not going to get mad at you for not knowing. Because your brain and your knowledge of this subject is not on the same level as mine. You get what I'm saying? And people say, well, they shouldn't have had Mardi Gras. Okay, how do you 
say is when in reality Chicago had an NBA All-Star game. No one's no one said anything to the mayor of Chicago about that. St. Louis had the NHL All-Star game. No one said anything about that. There were thousands and thousands of fans in basketball arenas all over the country. No one is saying anything about that. You guys decided to jump on us. You guys decided to jump on us. And I think had the mayor had Mayor Cantrell had she known more and had you had a federal government that took this seriously, we would have had more. Well, right, and I think if Mardi Gras had been a month later, you'd have had a different outcome. It's you know, you, it's really hard to go back in time and criticize. You make a decision based on the best information you have, and you know, jump into 2021. While it was really disappointing and heartbreaking not to have it, I think she made the right decision, and we just weren't in a position to do it. You know, you couldn't do. Any mass gathering without a tool. If you have, if you let's say if the vaccines had been available in November of 2020, then you probably could. But then you have probably by January of 2021, you would have had maybe 40% of the, of the city's population vaccinated. That's not good. You want to do 75%, 75 to 80%. And you got to factor in the tourists coming, yes. right? So even so, though the cities had a pretty high vaccination rate, you're bringing in a lot of people yes. from different and how, places. And how the eligibility had it been for those states? That's right. what people did not like. That's what people did not real, don't realize. Like you not only have us, you also got other states because they were eligibility here in New Orleans on March in the state of Louisiana on March 9th of last year. A lot of states didn't have the same eligibility, uh, the same eligibility uh, status that we had. So, if they had, let's say, in August of 2020, they had did, they came out with vaccines. We probably would have had some sort of symptoms tomorrow. But then you have to hit a certain amount of numbers. And the judging by how some people are, some people are in terms of they don't want to get a vaccine and stuff, it would have been an uphill battle to get to 70%. That's why they had to hold on until 2022 to have more Because you have tools there that boost you with vaccines and everything. Yeah, I think it was the right decision. I think it, it sucked, you know, like you're talking about. Um, it was really hard to have a season without Mardi Gras, without parades. It was really, really hard Mardi Gras day to wake up and know it's Tuesday and we're not doing what we do. Um, but I really, I think it was the right decision. You know, uh, I think, but almost from that point, there was nervousness about what was going to happen this year in 2022. I, I knew that we were going to have parades because of the second lines. I say, you can't just do second lines and not have parades. And I used to, I kind of told someone, when I was a kid, I was raised by my grandmother. My grandmother had, it was a song by uh, the Wines, it's a gospel group, and it was featured in Need a And it was like, ain't no need to worry, it's gonna be all over in the morning. And I say, we're gonna have parades. Cause it's gonna be okay. My grandmother used to always tell me that, and I remember, the day that they said that we were going to have parades, I was like, 
I, I did. I posted the uh, the meme of Snoop Dogg praying. I told you guys to believe because we did our part, and most people, by and large, did their part in terms of getting vaccinated. Not just here in New Orleans, but all over the country, all over the world. It's just that. You can't constantly stop and go and hold all and expect everyone to get the picture because a lot of people are not going to get a picture. Sure, sure. Uh, so that being said, let's fast forward to this year. I know you said you're not going to get it. I live on the ground and I want to see the shit show. <laughs> but in a normal Mardi Gras year, Mardi Gras day, have kids. What does a perfect Mardi Gras day look like for you? Yeah, well for me, so I have twin twin 10-year-old daughters. So Mardi Gras morning starts early. We get out early enough to be able to get a good spot and get them settled. And uh, we enjoy walking up and down St. Charles, you know, and getting to see people that we know, people that we don't. I love the, I love seeing families out, seeing kids throwing footballs in the street. Uh, I like seeing the vendors. I love seeing the costumes. Uh, you know, I love seeing how it, it's almost like a different experience every block you walk up and down St. Charles as you see people that, you know, maybe don't know each other, but they go to the same corner every year. Um, I, I like the colors, the pageantry. I like early in the morning when you get the, um, some of the walking crews coming by. We usually costume. You know, so we're out early with food and drink and costumes, um, and just that anticipation of of, of of the parades. You know, of Zulu and Rex, and then the truck floats. Again, you know, maybe you get lucky and you see the Mardi Gras Indians. Um, for us, it's a big anticipation leading up, and of course, you've had, depending on how much you go, you know, 10 days of parades leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of exhaustion. Usually. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think for me, the first year I didn't have to work in the quarter during the parades, I hit up every parade. I think I call like 40, 42, 43, or I think I call like 43 go cups. <laughs> The first year. The second year, I think I called about 45, 46 of them. Um, I know the, the ones I'm looking forward to, the parades I'm looking forward to this year are always my favorites. Tux and Iris. Yep. Tux and Iris and also um, King Arthur. Uh, what parades are you looking forward to? I'm looking for, you know, the first thing, we're recording this right before parades start. You know, most of the parades. We've had a few parades earlier, Crew de Vue. Um, Chewbacca's. I'm looking forward and also nervous about just going to my first parade this weekend and just that sense of normalcy and what will that be like? You know, what will it feel like? Um, what's it going to be like to be out in a crowd again? Because we haven't done much of that. Um, so, in general, this first weekend, I'm just looking forward to being out at almost anything. Um, I think it's going to be different because we're a family that. With that advent of the Chapatulis Jefferson Avenue Magazine Street corridor uh, being taken away, that's where we spend a lot of time mm-hmm. as a family. So that's going to be different. Um, I would normally say I'm really looking forward to Toth, but Toth has had the biggest cut. They've lost 28 blocks of their parade route. 
Um, I, I enjoy Irish Saturday, like you said. Yeah, I love the sunglasses. Like, I know uh, our friend Mary Sonia. Yeah, Mary was, Sonia. Uh, she was on, she was on uh, one of the clothes in 2018. Yep. So I'm not sure they're doing it this year. I'm not sure if she's doing it this year. It's um, such a good parade. It's over 100 years old. Yes. It's, um, it's been around for all the Cardinal World. I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's Cardinals right. fans. All the Cardinal Championships. <laughs> they've been around for all of them. I think... That was a parade that 20 years ago was not a good parade, if I'm being honest. It just, it, it wasn't. I think that's an interesting tie to Muses and Nicks, as you had the advent of these super crew, all-female crews. Mm -hmm. I think you had some spillover into Iris, and it really helped bolster Iris. People that maybe were enthusiastic again about an all-female crew, or maybe couldn't, didn't want to wait on the wait list for Muses, started going to Iris. Iris is a terrific parade now. And a big break. Yeah, I, so that's I saw a fun it. Day. Like, and I think Tux is just my favorite because I have friends in Tux. And it's just the stuff that they grow. Like, I call one of the big, big, big water bottles. I right. use that as, like, I use that as my clean, as my clean stuff. Like, I <laughs> use it to clean. Uh, they also had, like, the tote bag, like, the bead bags. Yep. Uh, I use one of them as my dirty, as, for my dirty clothes. So it's an all-purpose bag. <laughs> They, they are two very different parades that parade back to back. So yeah, I think it's a fun thing. To me, seems like it's like it's very like stuff. It's like the it's like seeing Downton Abbey. It's Downton Abbey, <laughs> and Tux is like are you is like uh, are you being served? Yeah, they're very very different. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that day. I think that'll be a fun day. I hope we get great weather for it. Um, I'm looking forward to the return of costumes. Yes, and seeing people in the streets. Um, but I am a little nervous about it. Um, we won't be going to Nick's. I, I think. I think, like you said, it could be a disaster. I also worry a little bit for the safety of some of the riders. You know, I think there could be real backlash. Um, I don't think I can't see it too much as a backlash. I think with with the locals, yes. But the tourists, they don't know. What's no, so it's fair like, enough. I think I think everyone feels like it's gonna be a backlash. I think if this was just like a local thing, because this was a local scandal, this yeah, wasn't sure. like a national scandal. Absolutely. Um, I think if this had been a national scandal, then I would be like, okay, there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of problems. But I think because it was such a local scandal. I don't see it being um, that big of an issue. It's a fair point. I also think the shortening of the routes, um, you would have more locals, in, in my opinion, probably along the Magazine Street portion of it. Uh, not that you don't have locals everywhere, you do. But I think that that is an area that there's not quite as many tourists. And so yes, it, would have been, it would have been interesting to see if turnout would have been lower. Um, on that sort of first mile of the route without it? Like um, I said, I live right on the route, and I know like a lot of tourists don't go to like Magazine and Napoleon. It's just not as convenient. You know, yeah. it's not if like... You're, if you're a visitor. Yeah, but like you have those hotels on St. Charles near Truro, yeah. uh, near Truro, and then you have um, the hotels near me on Jackson and St. Charles. So I think you're gonna have a mixture, but one of the things I do think is gonna happen, it's not gonna be as many people. For you this. think? I don't think it's gonna be. Yeah. That. Um, 
I just don't think. And I'm very curious to see the fans. What fans did they get? Because the out-of-state right. fans don't know what's happening. Yeah, that's a good point. The bands that are in the area know what's happening. And they don't want to be tagged to this parade. And the marching crews. Right? Yes, the marching crews. You can see all that go away. Yeah, you're not going to see 610 crews. Like, like I, me and uh, my cousin, we talked about it. And we were talking about it in the lead up to this. I said, none of those, uh, those marching bands, they already know what parades they're going to be in. St. Arm is not going to be in it. Right. Southern is not going to be in it. Granville is not going to be in it. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think Mount Carmel or Mount Carmel, St. Mary, St. Paul's School, they're not going to be in those parades. What's going to happen is they're going to get out-of-state, uh, out-of-state, uh, out-of-state yeah. bands. Fans coming. And, you know, from Mississippi. But it depends on what part of the Mississippi Gold Coast they get WWF. They know what's going on down here. And uh, as I say, I'm excited. You know, yeah. what was your what, one last thing? CD wants to start a podcast, yeah. so we're gonna have to give him some uh, pointers on how to do this. The first thing, CD, if he's listening to this podcast, you gotta get some microphones. What we are using now, uh, you are using the one in front of you, Mark, is a five dollar USB podcast uh, speak uh, microphone from Five Below. And I use this tonor, uh, tonor, tonor, it's a tonor USB microphone with the pop, with the little pop thing. And I paid $35 for this one here. You also gotta have a laptop CD and also use the Spreaker Studio software. It's easy to use. Yeah. So, and also you gotta have your, you gotta have your points. Like we were, you know, when you think of a podcast, the podcast is like a conversation. Podcast is a conversation. You know, here's what I can give you, here's what you can talk to me about. Um, you don't want to have a podcast where it bores you, where it bores, where you bore people to death. Would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, definitely. You got to have a plan. You kind of got to know what you're doing going in. Uh, you got to be able to carry a conversation, which CD would have no trouble doing. Uh, you know, and you got to have topics that interest people. Right. And the content has to be, I would say, you know, I wouldn't say every day do a podcast because when you do one every day, it's very hard to come up with topics. You know, I did, when I was in high in college, I did a daily radio show. And when I was doing the daily radio show, um, it took a lot out of me. And also, it did a number on my health. So I was like, if we had something like this when I was in school, in college, like a doing a podcast, a lot of things would have been different. You know, a lot of things would have been different. Doing a pod, doing our daily radio show, that's a lot. And we were doing this at the beginning when people were starting to get into podcasting. Yeah. See, I only do a show every other week. And that's plenty enough for me. The effort I put into preparing and getting good guests and reading and studying up on the topics, um, even weekly to me, would be too much. Yeah, I think I think for me, doing a podcast, doing a podcast, it's like I wanted to do it as a conversation. Like, okay, here's the conversation. Here's what we're going to talk about. Like the other day, I had one with uh, the other one. I had uh, the other day. I had one with. Uh, the guy that does the parking spaces. 
Right. One time I did one, uh, I did an episode with uh, with my friend who's a Bengals fan. And uh, I've had I've had Kate Bobby Bowser, Kate came on my podcast. Kate's yeah. been on a couple a couple of my podcasts. So it's like if there's some topic that I want to talk about, I want to learn from. I want to learn from this person. You know, there was a, another one where I had like this wide ranging conversation with um, this lady who was from New York, and we just talked about politics. Like sometimes you'll hear about politics, sometimes you'll hear about comedy, you hear about everything. Even CC Peniston been on this podcast, even though Cox Kate Cox Wi-Fi tried to screw that up. <laughs> Cox, uh, Jay Banks been on here. Mandy Landry's been on here. Um, Bob Morrell, who ran for District A, has been on here. Frank Perez has been on here. Everybody who's anybody has been on this podcast. So, you know, I consider you as one of the people that's going to be uh, one of your now added staff that's going to be on the podcast. So, Mark, thank you again for dropping by the podcast, folks. The podcast will be up later on this evening. As always, thank you for your time this time. Also, check out the podcast on all podcast platforms, including Spotify. Except I am not getting a hundred million dollars from Spotify. <laughs> Me either. Um, check out the podcast on Spotify and all other podcast platforms. As always, thank you for your time. This time and until next time, we will see you down the road.